0: runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I want to give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is going to be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back. Okay, so this conversation, I like don't even know how to do an intro for it because it is so fucking good. So me and my friend Ellie Wong, she is a salon owner in Michigan. She is a mother of four. Honestly, she's just an overall amazing human being. And if you ever get the chance to meet her in person, like beeline for her and like, make her your friend because I promise you will not regret it. Today we're having a conversation about being a business owner, being a mother, um, and having having a flow between both as well as like finding like a healing journey because at the end of the day, healing yourself um, branches out into your business and your children and really just a more peaceful life in general. If you like this episode as much as I think you are going to, please screenshot it, share it on Instagram, tag me, tag Ellie. You can find her on Instagram at ellie.d.wong and I definitely, definitely recommend it because this beautiful ray of sunshine has a lot of very important, insightful things to say that a lot of us need to hear, including myself. So enjoy. Hello, my beautiful Ellie. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm really excited about the topic today um, because we're talking about motherhood and being a business owner. And um, I've had this conversation once before um, in a different way on the podcast, and it went over very well with listeners because I think it's something that we really don't talk about enough. And no. ha- what what is the percentage of of stylists, coaches, anyone that's a mom, very high. (laughs) So why is this not a conversation that we have? Um, Before we get started, though, uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm Ellie Wong. First and foremost,
1: I am a woman that is on a healing journey. Mm -hmm. And then I'm a mother of four beautiful girls. Mm -hmm. I am a wife and I am a salon owner and hairstylist. And where are you located? I'm in East Lansing, Michigan, so awesome. right outside to the capital city.
0: Yay. Yeah.
1: First of all, I love the way that you started your intro. Thank you. <laughs> I already... People first and then
0: my roles. I love it. I love Thank it. So you. let's chat a little bit um, because one, it's been a heavy week. Um, I'm not going to really talk about it on here because I don't think anyone needs to it's a little triggering, um, but it's the week that the thing happened at the school. I'm just gonna leave it at that. So um, it's been a little bit harder, I feel like for parents in general, um, because parenting is difficult and it's difficult for more reasons than we just like think about surfacely. Like, of course, like you don't get to do what you want anymore. Like you have to think about this human being, blah, 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 blah. But like, there's so much like emotional stuff underneath that like nobody talks about. And a lot of times as business owners, we have enough to deal with. Then you come home and you have this child that you are literally molding into a human being. Talk to me a little bit about how you go about, um, I don't want to say balance. I don't like that word. Uh, How do you flow when it comes to being a business owner and a mom?
1: Okay. I I like that. You don't like balance. Okay. I don't
0: like balance because is there ever really a balance? Like if there's a balance, then you are, you're not giving your all to one thing. And sometimes one thing needs more time than another. So if yeah. you're giving your all, if you're balancing, you're giving a little bit to one and a little bit to another, which means you're half-assing both of them kind of exactly. Right? But if you oh. find a flow between the two or three or whatever, you know, we're talking about here, it's a little different 17 to 50 really.
1: Right. From, um, <laughs> one two three whatever. It's like, it's like, Definitely in like the three figures. Um, I think it's challenging, right? Like to, to compartmentalize, especially after a week, like this week, um, especially with being a mom, because everything that we do, whether it's work, whether it's grocery shopping, anything we do for ourselves, really ultimately we're doing as a mom, first and foremost, we're doing it for our children, for our family, for our lifestyle. That's why, I mean, I work for my family. I, I really do. Um, so I think finding recently, finding these deep conversations, these deep connections at work. Now, part of the work is for me too. It's not just for my family. It's not just to put food on the table and to give us a beautiful life. It's, it's finding like, honestly, I feel like the healing journey and finding out who I really am. Right. Not my mom's idea of what a mom should be, Not my dad's idea of what a business owner should be, not society's version of what a mom should be. It's finding out who the hell I am. And -hmm. then when I know who I am and I step into each role authentically, then it can flow. Then I am woman on a healing journey, mother, business owner, when I'm just, when I'm volunteering at the school, I am all of those roles. When I'm putting my kids to bed, I am all of those roles when I'm going on a girl's trip. I'm not compartmentalizing because I'm being so authentic and true to who I am at all moments in all roles. And it's made me such a better and more present person in all of those roles. That gave me the chills. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's so, it's so, so true. When would you say you started your healing journey? I think when we got shut down, Mm, when Michigan was shut down for three months and Um, I had opened my salon six months prior. Yeah. So all eggs in one basket, right? Savings account. Like everything was like in this basket. We're so excited. We're doing all these things. And then it's like skirt. No, you got to stop. And, um, I, I'm so thankful for being shut down for three months because it gave me, and also like, I'm, I'm thankful for my community that was around me, like through Zoom and everything, because I was able to really focus on me, focus on what I wanted, focus on slowing down. I was in this, like a lot of moms, like a lot of women, I was in this pattern of doing, 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 right? Like you are donating snacks to the classroom, dropping your kids off at school, hurry, rushing to the supply store, grabbing color, going to work, taking care of double booked clients all day, maybe getting a snack or a glass of water and like during that time, maybe going to the bathroom, meanwhile, responding to text messages from other parents, you're responding to emails from teachers, from uh, you're you're handling everything. Mm-hmm. And then you get home and you're barely present because you're responding to Instagram messages, texts, you're you're being salon owner. Hair stylist doing all of these roles, and then by the time it's time for you, you, you crash and you go to bed, yeah. underfueled, underappreciated, spread so thin, in literally not doing anything to connect to yourself. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So, I was forced for three months to stare at myself and to not do anything and to just be. And I realized, although I thrive and on paper, I'm really successful or, you know, at that time, March, 2020, I, none, none of it was authentic to me or what I wanted, none of it. And I had this awakening of how can I get all of these parts to be fluid? Like you said, like to flow. I love that. I going mean, to use that all the time to flow, to So I, so I feel good. And like, part of me is nourishing me first and then everybody else. Everyone talks about, you know, you can't fill from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. I started every single morning with a full cup, but by the time it was time for me to drink, it had been sipped out of like from everyone and everything else. So I realized that if I, whatever's best for me will genuinely be best for everybody that's around me.
0: God, I totally agree. Well, it's interesting what you said, you know, that you, you know, success, right? Like you had success on paper because a lot of times success to society is your business that you can walk in the money yeah. in your bank account, what kind of car you drive. Like it's not real.
1: It's not, no, it's not no.
0: real. It's it's all energy.
1: It's all an energy, right? Energy is a currency. Money is a currency. Love is a currency. So although On paper, it looked like I had like finances or, you know, whatever, or a business pride of ownership. I mean, the energy currency was like super low. The love currency was super low. The connection to myself didn't exist. I was kind of running on empty. I was a hollow human just running on empty because it's all I knew how to do to prove like to prove my worthiness and my worth was to
0: do. Right. Do, do, do. And you didn't have time to pay attention to yourself or slow down. Right. Right.
1: I mean, the only time I did was during a maternity leave. And even that it was like six weeks because I had to get back to do someone's retouch or someone's color or, you know, what, God forbid they leave me to go someone
0: else. Right. So I had my six week old baby. To somebody's root color. For
1: somebody's grace, <laughs> like I understand that we are in a very surface superficial industry and I challenge everybody around me to take where, you know, we are in such a beautiful position, um, to connect to, to humans mm-hmm. more like different than therapists, right? Cause we can actually have a conversation. We get to spend two and a half hours with people uninterrupted. Like every six to 12 to 14 weeks, I am the first person to know if someone's having a baby or getting married or getting a divorce. And like, what a beautiful gift that I get to receive in connection that I get to receive. And by showing up more authentically as myself, I'm able to receive it better.
0: Yeah. Well, and as you, so I, I think authentic is a really, really interesting word to me. Because I try to be as authentic as I can, but that changes the more I get to know myself. Right. So I always think about, right. Like I always think about like, okay, like, well, I was being authentic a year ago, but I've changed a lot. So is that mean I wasn't being authentic or was that just authentic to who I was at the moment? What do you think? I think it was to who I was at the moment, you know, but then you really, I don't know, the more you do this growing and, and, you know, you dig deeper, like, I constantly realize things like that. I'm doing like it with my son, for example, I'm very reactive. My go-to emotion is anger. It always has been. Um, but I didn't realize I'm 37. I just realized that, you know, and it's like, um, because what we were doing wasn't working with our son. Yeah. You know, um, constantly yelling and it just wasn't working. And it was creating, I was realizing that what he was doing was exactly what I was doing, but a seven-year-old version of it. Yeah. You know, so I started reading books and listening to things and, you know, and it's made a huge, huge difference. Um, But what it made me realize is that like children are people too. They're people who don't know how to process things the way that we do. And I'm still processing things at Uh 37. Oh, and we God. expect a 7 year old to feel the same way we do yeah. and it's like it's it's like we have this expectation out of ourselves out of our children out of lo- like our lives in general or life in general and we are constantly disappointed when it doesn't go how we expect and and it's like a weird like feeling so for me my growth has been letting go of expectations a lot realizing that my son is I'm watching him grow up just as much as he's watching me grow up.
1: Yeah.
0: You
1: know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Really, where does that expectation come from? Where does it come from? It comes from society's idea of what a mom is or a mother-son relationship is. It comes from your parents' idea of what a mother-son relationship is or what a mother is. These expectations, like it's not one size fits all. I have four children. I have four beautiful girls that I have to mother differently. Every single one of them. If I were to mother every single one of them the same way, someone's going to be fucked up. Like that's just it. Like so, like probably me right at the end. Like it's what it's <laughs> going to be. But it's it's slowing down. And I, I truly think that motherhood is one of the most triggering things. I think yes. it's one of the most triggering roles because- when I see my daughters go through something, I have twins that are eleven who are like prepubescent, explode like erupting volcanoes, like at every moment, and I have to chill out, you know, a lot, and it's it's triggering for for like buttons that presses like pushes on me, but then also it brings up like memories and moments of like how I wish I was more seen, heard validated and loved as an 11 year old. So by parenting them, I'm kind of parenting my inner child as well and healing that, that person.
0: I wit quit with the chills. I like just shaved my legs. <laughs> I could not agree more. So this is actually really interesting. We're having this conversation because this is a conversation I've been having with my husband a lot lately Yeah. because I've been reading all these books and doing all these things. And he still kind of has this mentality of how he was raised, even though he doesn't love the way he was raised in certain aspects, but he still like kind of falls back on the, you know, go to your room. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Right. Go to what's comfortable. Right. Right. Immediately go to what's comfortable. And I'm trying, and I'm sure like you are too, to make the environment that's comfortable for my kids, that it's not a toxic one. Exactly. Even if it's toxic, when they're older, they still will try to make that environment right? because it's what they know.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause like little things, like he doesn't blow up that my son doesn't blow up as much on me anymore, but he'll blow up on my husband. And I told my husband the other day, I was like, well, when he's being good, you're distracted. You're on your phone or you're on watching TV while he's talking, or you know what I mean? Like there's like, but when he's being bad, you stop everything you're doing and you go and you you yell at him, or you know what I mean? So he has attention. attention. Yeah. Yes. So he's been much better. He's been taking him places and like trying not to pick up his phone. And it's been, you can tell a difference almost immediately. Oh, yeah. Like the thing that dads need to understand,
1: or other mothers who like whoever's parenting. Anyone in my particular case, it's I have, I have a husband. Like, homeboy, if you're more present with our kids, you'll get laid more. <laughs> right. I will like who you are in another role even more. And I probably will have sex with you, right? right? Like, <laughs> take our kids to the park, see what happens. It's a <laughs> foreplay. Right. Exactly I promise you. Do some dishes. Oh, mm. I mean, he does that already, so like, <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> Um, but it's, it is, it is a vulnerable part though. Cause it has to, it is an ego check, right? Because it's like your husband or me, like I look back often about like how I was raised and I had a therapist one time tell me something that was really cool. And they said, get rid of the word, but get rid of the word, but mm-hmm. so I have a, I have a wonderful family. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love, I have four brothers and sisters and I love them all dearly. My mom and dad are wonderful grandparents. They are wonderful parents to me now. And they fucked me up as a kid, right? Like, and I wasn't parented the way that I needed to be. I wasn't seen, heard, respected the way that I needed to be as a child. Not, but it's not black or white. They're still part of my life. I'm working on that healing. Um, And they're still in my, my life daily. And I think when you, it, when you forgive yourself and give yourself some grace for being a human and being a parent and doing the same for your child and knowing like they're just a human and they're trying to, you also give that grace and that forgiveness to your parents as well. Cause they were trying it was dealing with, or not dealing with their own healing or their own childhood trauma, whatever that is.
0: They were trying the best way that they knew how, and I've learned that in the past couple of years myself. Cause I have very same, same and <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so true. Cause I used to be very angry um, with my mom and now I'm not angry with her. I, I get it now. I, I understand a little bit more. I don't necessarily get it, but I understand.
1: You can, you can feel bad, right? right? You can be like, I'm so sorry that they went through this and they will never truly they weren't given the opportunity to heal or they didn't make healing a priority the way that we have. Right. Right. Like you say that you were a different person authentically a year ago than you are today. And I'm sure a lot of that is because of your healing journey and the time that you've invested time and money that you've invested into yourself. Yeah. And that's something that I think other generations just don't understand
0: do you think that it's going to, cause now we've got social media, so you're constantly seeing healing stuff. So do you think the new generation is going to be more open to, you know, like the PR kids, like, are they going to be more open to, um, I don't know, staring at their demons a little bit. I really hope so. I think so.
1: But I also think that it's all about, I look at stuff on social media all the time, but it's like, but the people on social media aren't like, I can't believe you're going on another healing retreat. Right. Like it's it's the people around you. So as long as I create like a supportive loving environment is like, as long as my kids know, like my kids for sure. Right. Like, right. Healing is not taboo in my household. Um, Therapy is not taboo in my household. We talk about it. We talk about it openly and they hopefully will see it as a strength and not a weakness. Yes. I totally agree. And there won't be an ego check, right? Like, well, I don't need to get anything fixed. And it's like, uh, you probably like everyone does. Everyone does. Everyone does. There's like Gabby Bernstein talks about big T's and little T's, big traumas and little traumas. And it's all about the way that you handle them. It's not about what happens to you. It's about how you handle them. And if you don't handle them, if you stuff them down, they're still in the backseat of that car. Like they like, and if you don't, like take control or handle them and get them the fuck out of the car, they could take the driver's seat at some point. And I'll say that shit's going to start to stink. Yeah. <laughs> or she'll be like, uh, and she'll like hop up front and be like, you got some snacks? <laughs> right. Next thing you know, your traumas are driving the car. Right. to wherever, And it's heavy and it sucks. It sucks dealing with it. But like, you're able to be so much more present. You're able to be so much more like, I mean, it's crazy how things just flow easier once you deal with the shit.
0: But do you feel like it sucks for a long period of time? Like, I feel like it sucks when you first like have the awareness and then it like doesn't suck as much anymore.
1: Well, it's a muscle, right? Like you're just getting stronger. So like, it probably sucks the exact same amount, but you're stronger. Right. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So you just built a tolerance now, not condition, but a tolerance. like, oh, I can handle this. Your threshold just changes. Right, I, I think that I'm healing. Every, I don't think there's a person that's healed. I don't think it's a past tense thing. I think everyone is going through a journey. I think it's, I will be healing to the day that I die.
0: I totally agree. I, so. totally, I don't think that it ever ends ever well,
1: more stuff comes up, right? Like through your son getting older, through my daughter's getting older, even seeing, I have a little sister, even seeing her like graduate high school and so like that's bringing up memories that's triggering things that's triggering traumas and I'm kind of just like little by little clearing out the rooms within my heart and within my body like let's let's handle this
0: like how does why does that make me why is that sticky why does it make me feel like that yeah so it's so funny because that's that is like (laughs) like why do I feel like this is the bane of my existence right now because like (laughs) every time I get anxious about anything now, I'm like, why, what is happening? What is going on inside of me? And it's funny because my anxiety has come down so much, so much, because now it's like, I can almost go "Oh, This is why. And like, I can comment or like, I don't overthink as much as I used to because it's like, I know, like, I know why I'm thinking that way. And like, I know if it's true or if it's not true, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's wild how, really diving into all of the things that I did not know used to make me. I just thought I had anxiety the end.
1: Well, yeah. That like, how do I even take care of this? Right. There are so many different parts of anxiety and ADD actually that are like the same, so many different um, symptoms of it. So what's happening is with anxiety, just like ADD, as you handle situations, you're greeting them with all of the things like your trauma, like right here. You know what I mean? Everything's like right in the back of your head. You're greeting each, in, like the smallest little thing. Well, that clerk at Target wasn't very kind to me. Like, why do I have anxiety about this? Like, did I upset them? Did I do like whatever? But really, it's all these past traumas and this current you that are greeting that situation. So then you get anxiety about it. But it's because you're overwhelmed by all these different things like ADD. And once you start clearing out those and figuring that out, then you're just handling it as a person. You're like, you know, like the smallest little thing no longer gives you anxiety because you've cleared the other shit away.
0: Right. Right.
1: Reading that just as you not as you with all of these prior like situations and incidents.
0: Yeah. Have you read, um, uh, what happened to you? No, highly recommend. Yes. Highly (laughs) recommend it. It is, um, actually I have it up here somewhere. Um, It's Oprah. It's a, it's Oprah and a, like a psychologist and it's an interview. Anything Oprah I'm in. So it is so good because it talks about like what happened to you and, and it talks about from infancy to like three is like when your brain is shaped. And like, I think it's interesting because we always think, well, that age, oh, the kids are going to forget. And it's like, no, no, no. Like that's when shit is like instilled in them. It is such a good book, but it has got me wondering constantly like when, so it talks about how, like, if you, if somebody Somebody growing up maybe did something to you and they had like a specific smell, right? You don't even necessarily remember that they did it, but like, and it could be anything. It could be, you know, super traumatic. It could be somebody bullying you, anything. As you get older, maybe you forgot about that situation. But when you smell that smell again, maybe it's a deodorant or like your body does the same thing that happened when they were in front of you when you were a kid. And it is wild because now every time I get that anxiety, I start thinking, what happened? Why do I feel this way? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it has opened up so many things for me. Like so many things, like for example, there was what I was at a wedding and my mom and I were dancing and I was super happy. Like it was a song I loved that she, she was kept, she was, she was happy. She had never seen me this happy and so long and blah, blah. blah. When I sit down, my anxiety was through the fucking roof. Like I, my yeah. heart was beating, and I finally figured it out. For the longest time, I didn't want my mom to see me happy, and it was the weirdest. Like, and it took conversations. Actually, Ash, Jess's fiance is who like got that for me. Like, mm. um, because we were talking about it, and it's like I love her. I her oh, too. Like, she needs that, to be. If she, it, I hope she listens to this, because she needs to be a life coach, like for yeah. real. I. Yeah. I could talk to
1: her for hours. She's just so much fun and insightful. But I got chills because just hearing that like some of your healing was triggered by our community. Oh, yeah. By these beautiful fucking amazing human that we have, humans that we have in our arsenal to like, be like, I love you to your core unconditionally. Do you think that this is what happened?
0: Yeah. 75% of my healing is because of (laughs) y'all. Isn't that wild? Because I feel like you need a different perspective. Like I could sit here and like hypothesize all the things. I can read all the books, yeah. you know, but sometimes I just, like, I needed her to say that to me and mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's made a big difference. Like, cause I realized that I, that's not fair anymore. Maybe it was fair to my, to her in the past, but it's not fair to my mom anymore. So now I like try to do things around her that bring me joy. So she can actually, you know, because she was, Ash was a hundred percent correct. I was just so mad at her for so long. I didn't want her to see me happy. That's like a gift. Yeah. yeah, That's a gift that you don't deserve, which is not true anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that it took a lot for you probably
1: because you had to put your ego in check a little bit.
0: Oh, I mean, I feel like I have to put my ego in check all the time.
1: (laughs) Uh, Don't we all? Yeah. we We all do. And I think that's so crazy about the zero to three thing, because I had a revelation on a love retreat I talked about in a podcast a couple months ago that I think I was changed when I was 22 months old
0: mm. when my little brother
1: was born, right? And I like I don't get I don't get angry, I get sad, I get hurt, I don't get angry. I don't yell. It is I wish I could cuz I feel like it would just like I could get rid of it, especially with, like with motherhood, with anything and said, things hurt my heart. They like mm-hmm. hurt my feelings. Like somebody does something mean to me at the salon or one of my stylists disrespects me or something like that. I don't get mad. I get like, what did I do wrong? Why did I do this? Why do they not like me? Why, you know, like, and I get my feelings get hurt. And that I think all happened when I was like 22 months old, That I wasn't allowed to be angry.
0: We don't right. have time for that.
1: We don't have time for that. You're not going to get attention if you're angry, but if
0: you're sad, Someone will come and love on you and cuddle you. So let's see what's going on with that. And that, what you said right there, like I think a lot of times, like people think trauma is some like crazy, no. crazy, crazy thing that happened to you, right? Like, like that's the little wild. T. That's the little T.
1: That's right. the little T. And that formed me forever. And so that's how I handle it. So if I yeah. handle every situation like that, that little thing,
0: right? Then, um, then it becomes a big T. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I think a sentence that a parent says over and over or anyone, anyone in your life, they hear over and over can stick with you for so long. And you just don't even realize it. Like something as simple as, well, money don't grow on trees. Okay. Well, you're now you are in scarcity mindset. Money is hard to get. Mm -hmm. Like I have to keep all my money or, you know what I mean? And it's like something as simple as a sentence can just completely like change the way you do
1: everything in your life. Everything. Yeah, And you can have like a fear-based mentality your whole life because of something like that. Or, yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many little things. And I think that that's what's triggering, right? Like I'll say something to my kids and I'll be like, what the fuck did I do? like, why did I just say that? Why did I say that? Like, and although like, it doesn't matter to them or my husband will be like, oh, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, but it could be, it could be like, I could have just formed the way they think about these things or, you know. Like, why am I making them change their clothes? What? Cause society doesn't like what they're wearing. Like, oh, what, that's a big one for me. Like what, you know, like, and so I've even gotten to the point now with my 11 year olds who are five to 115 pounds, like beautiful little women. And I'm asking them to change who they are. Yeah. I'm asking them to
0: change what they're wearing for, for what? So, so Karen next to you doesn't comment like, you know what I mean? I know I've, I, I, I've given if- up on that. I let my son pick out his outfits now. And sometimes I'll catch myself being like that shirt's a little too small for you, but if he doesn't care, he doesn't care. And if he wants right. to wear yeah, it, I think we can wear set it. boundaries, right. We can set like, Hey, you're this- not going out in a thong. You're 11. <laughs> this
1: is a nicer event. Right. But I had this conversation with one of my daughters who like felt so good in what she was wearing. And I remember, Wearing things I felt so good in, and then somebody saying something and just like squashing me, right? Oh, immediately. And and then you have like body issues, and you have issues about like, well, you could, you can't wear that, or you know, we don't, we, we, you could never wear that. We can't wear it, like things like that, right? And so then, now I'm in my 30s and I'm trying to figure out who I am, what I am, trying to go back to that 10 year old version of me that like knew so deeply who she was and felt so much confidence in that. And what if we don't do that to our kids? What if we don't rob them of who they are right now? Will they have to do that healing? Will they have to spend, I hope that they go to retreats because they want to, and they like want to find themselves and love themselves. But I hope that I, like, I know I'm going to contribute to part of it, but I hope that I don't like dim them so much or trying to fit them in a box of what society or my mom or my grandmother or their school or whatever wants them to be Mm -hmm. that they have to like, then climb out of the box at one time and have a mental breakdown to figure out who the hell they are.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I, one of the things, and I think it was after the first healing retreat, I went on the first Tulum one, I think is what like did this for me, but I came home and I if you ask my son who he loves the most, he says himself. Oh, and I like I and, and it's it's kind of funny because because somebody will ask him, like, who do you love the most? And he will be like me. And like, I, I love have it. full body chills. I have full body chills because I just want him to know that he is the most important person in his life. And nobody else has to tell him I'm not the most important person. I mean, I am an important person but I'm not the most important. And really it doesn't matter what I think. I mean, he's seven, he's got to listen to some things, but like, um, and little stuff, you know, like he, he's not like Pat and I, he's really fucking smart. He loves video games. Like he literally gets so excited about the thought of like doing like a coding class. (laughs) Like, no, thank you. (laughs) Like, Oh my um, gosh. But that's amazing though. But we're trying to like ignore how we feel and, and push what he wants and what he loves because for him, for like my husband would be more prone to say, well, that's not a real job where I'm like, but it is. I was told that being a hairstylist isn't a real job. Exactly. I
1: went to college after high school because it wasn't a real job.
0: Exactly. I mean, look at coaching now
1: because of my parents' insecurities. Yeah. Of what what other people would think. Their financial fears, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was pushed to go to college and go completely broke, be absolutely miserable, like be so depressed going to college.
0: Yeah. For what? Someone else's dream. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And why waste time like pushing something that he doesn't love or that I like, I even think about like coaching and stuff. If you would have told me 10 years ago that I could, you know, somebody would pay me to to tell them what's in my brain, <laughs> I'd be like, what are you talking about? That's not a real job. Well, guess what? It is. So you
1: like, a real job. Yeah. Part of that, too. Don't you think part of that is having the self love? Like, I think that we were taught, too, that if you love yourself too much, it's cocky. It's, conceited, yep. it's cocky. It's not okay. Yep. And meanwhile, like, And I still have parts of that that like gets triggered, right? Like, don't post a picture of yourself on social media because it's that is so conceited of you, right? Like, that's vain. That's whatever. Meanwhile, Scarlett, my one of my eleven year olds, her like Peloton like username is like Supreme Scarlet, like glitter, diamond, gold, (laughs) you know, like whatever. And like, that's right. Like, try me. And I, I know that I was that person you know, 25 years ago. Right. So how can we harness that again? How can we find that again? And I think through motherhood and seeing that and teaching that and even being aware and open to like things that we're saying and being like, is that okay that I'm setting that boundary or should I not? Like, am I setting the boundary or am I following society's boundary and setting it? And it's still hard to figure out sometimes. Oh yeah. And, but also being open and like, I'm open and honest with my girls They're at the age, not my younger ones. Cause they they do need to be harnessed in sometimes, right? Like the five yeah. and three-year-olds. Like, right. no, we can't have chocolate for every meal. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, but the 11-year-olds, like I told, I had to tell my daughter one time, I was like, I think you look amazing. What you're wearing is awesome. You look so great. I want you to know that like, maybe people at where we're going won't be as receptive to what mm-hmm. you're wearing. If you are comfortable with that and you feel good, and you feel so good in what you're wearing, then that's great. But I literally had to tell my daughter to dull herself down for society. Mm, right. But In that same sense, I'm working through this right now as I'm talking to you. In that same sentence, I also told her that she's supported and loved by me. And I hope that that is like
0: a step in the right direction. Well, what ended up happening? She wore it. She and was herself. she happy?
1: It looked amazing. I had to shut my husband up several times and be like, Nope. She feels good. Nope. Nope. And that's what matters is that she feels good because right. at the end of the day, what will matter most to these kids when they're older and when they're adults like us, I don't remember what outfit I wore when somebody talked shit to me, but I remember that I, that I didn't feel good. Right. Like when my parents told me to change, I didn't, I don't remember what I was wearing, but I just remember that I wasn't supported. Right. right. Or I, was, I couldn't be me. I couldn't be myself. I couldn't do what
0: I wanted to do. Right. I think about that too. Like even now, like I'll put something on that I feel I am so comfortable in, like a black tank top or a white crisp tank top and jeans. Like that is like so good in it, though, It's like my favorite. It's like I could wear it every single day. And it's I used to like ask people, like, does this look okay? Does this look okay? The fuck cares. And the moment they would be like, I mean, maybe I should add a little color. I would change and I would be uncomfortable. You know? And I, so now it's like, I won't even ask myself now. I'll say, Hey, which shoes should I wear? Like, I'll give like an option now. Like, but I Uh won't be like, does this look okay? Cause you know what? I feel good. And I don't care if you think it looks okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You need to harness in like what your son is, right? Like we need to ask ourselves our opinion first and foremost, because our favorite person is ourselves. We love ourselves the most. Right. And if that's the case, then we can ask ourselves first and be so be like, Oh, I actually trust my own opinion. I trust my gut. I trust the way that I look. And I'm going to keep going with that. And right. we, we need to harness that in of like a seven-year-old.
0: Yeah. Well, and you got to think about it too. I mean, I look at people like Billie Eilish or Post Malone, like they wear whatever the fuck they want and they have the confidence wearing it and it works and nobody and says anything. And if people do say something, nobody cares because they have lots of money and they're famous. <laughs> and, and yeah, and they just feel so flipping good about themselves. And there is no rules anymore anyway with outfits. Like, I feel like all rules are out the window.
1: And if they're not, it's archaic. Right. And they like, they should be out the window. Totally. Right. Yeah. Everyone wears yoga pants forever. doesn't mean they're going to yoga. Exactly. Like everyone, like body positivity, everyone wears whatever the heck they want. And I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for like, including everyone. I'm here for Harry Styles wearing dresses on the cover of Vogue. I'm here for all of it. Yes, freedom of expression. And it gives everyone else permission permission to be and be exactly who they are.
0: Yes. I love, well, actually, I mean, I may I piss people off when I do this, but when somebody goes, I don't really like her hair. And I I'll always say, well, it's not your hair. So good. <laughs> like people get so mad. Good thing it's not yours. That's what I always right. say. Like, clients all the time will text me, like, I got so many compliments
1: on my hair. And I literally will like respond back, be like, okay, but, how, but do you like it? Right. Right. But do you like it? Cause that's what matters the most. And they'll be like, yeah, I love it. It's like, okay, good. Good.
0: Well, if they're texting you saying they have compliments, they like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But still, like, We go based off of what other people want and other
1: people's, I don't know, other people's opinions of us over ourselves. And so while we're going through that healing, we're trying to raise children too. While we're like one little interaction like that will have us thinking like, did I say that wrong? Did I do that wrong? Oh my gosh, how can I be better? Like, do I really feel this way or does society feel this way or does that person feel that way or like whatever? And then I'm also trying to be like, raise these whole complete persons, Right. And pull up at work and sh- like, holy
0: shit, man. Well, what changed for you in 2020? So, so you, you felt like the the growth started when everything got shut down. What did you start doing and changing?
1: I, I stopped doing and I started being,
0: mm.
1: I started tuning into my divine feminine. Right. And realizing like questioning things did I open a salon because I really wanted to or because I felt like it would make me more worthy Mm.
0: did I you know the answer to that yeah do you want to share it sure
1: I think I'm very happy I have so much gratitude for my salon I think had this happened before I opened my salon I would have never opened a salon yeah it took time I think that it was another way of making me busy. I think it was another way of having me do rather than just be and just like have to do the healing, have to go to the inside. And um, yeah, and the same, I call it like being like, I consider it being drunk, right? Like all the things that I have to do, all the things that I put on my plate is, an, is a shot, a glass of wine, a like glass of beer, something like that. Like you get so foggy and so drunk from all these things around you that you can't see clearly for what you truly want or what truly fuels you. So during that three months, all of the obligations, everything was taken away. Everything was put to the side and I had to face it. Did I really have four children because I wanted four children or because I was bored and it's like, okay, this is what we do now. We have another baby, you know, did I open a salon because it was the next natural progression and it's what you make your dad owns a business. You should own a business too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And try to people please a little bit or, or did I do it because I truly it was in my heart and it's my passion
0: right. or did
1: I outgrow it? Or was that authentically who I was back in 2020 and I'm no longer that person. Um, I love my salon because I have, I have made it me. I've made it really, I have filled it with people that are supportive and loving, and I love watching their careers blossom. I love having deep conversations at the backroom table. I love um, being that support for women that sit in my chair. When we came back in June of 2020, I realized at that moment that we were, underpaid, undertrained therapists for people. 100%. So we would have, I have a very strict, no children in my salon policy, which is crazy for some people, especially I've heard someone be like, well, this, the salon owner must not have children.
0: <laughs> I like, have four. That's why yeah, I do it <laughs> actually.
1: <laughs> but I realized that it, I wanted it to be a sacred space. I wanted it to be like, especially women that are working from home. Um, and I'm focusing on women or anyone that, you know, that Um, identifies as a mother of any sort. Um, I wanted it to be a safe space for them. I wanted them to come. This was the first time they've left their home and they're trusting us. They're trusting my chair. They're trusting my hands. They're trusting um, me. And sometimes it's the only conversations they've had that aren't with children or their spouse in a long time. And we have CEOs and lawyers and all these people. They're trying to juggle everything and they sit down and they kind of just let their heart explode on you. Mm-hmm. And I have so much gratitude for that. I don't see it as a burden. I see it as a beautiful gift. And I also know how to receive it without taking it home. And I think that's part of it. But when I realized that we were undertrained, you know, underpaid therapists, I figured out how to make the experience better for them in every way so that they could love coming and visiting and they would feel seen. They would feel heard. They would be able to leave not only looking good, but feeling really
0: damn good. I love that. You just gave me an idea that I'm going to share because I think it's important. And I feel like anyone listening or you should do it as well, where you are. Um, a while back, Um, my city had this thing. I didn't go to it, I don't remember why, but it was for bartenders and hairstylists. And it was to train on how to talk about hard things. So how to talk about like if someone's in your chair talking about suicide, if someone's in your hair, in your chair talking about really anything. And it was like a one-day class. And I thought that was genius. I chose all over my body. Yeah. Genius. And now I'm like, now I want to do it. Like now I want to find like a therapist or somebody. And now. And I think everyone should have that because we do. I mean, I've had we lots of with
1: them on the deepest level. We really yes. do. Like we are, I had someone tell me, you know, or we're dealing with people that have just dealt with a bunch of deaths from COVID or, you know, my kids are home and I can't, you know, they're, they're losing their minds. They're going through complete burnout. And I had someone tell me one time that, um, actually our salon manager, he's amazing. I love him. He's, he comes with like a full heart and he's, Unfortunately, like a widower, right? Like his his wife passed, and he said, "I realized at that point when I saw my wife's two hairstylists in like at the funeral, like sitting there, and they were the last ones like to do her hair, that they were so much more than just hairstylists.
0: Hundred like, percent. They
1: showed up. They talked. They knew on a deeper level. They had a connection than anybody else because." we provide this space of comfort, but also feedback. We can have conversations. We're not just a therapist that just like hear and then give advice. We're like, we can also talk about our, our experience and we have that in common. So I, I think that we're so, we, we're so much more than
0: just like a, you know, a practitioner, a service right. provider. Yeah, I totally agree. that's my favorite part of the job. I th- and I think that's why, I started, part. that's why I started becoming a coach. Because now I can do that without standing all day,
1: (laughs) like having like crusty hands and everything,
0: right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Are you you're coaching now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah.
1: But I'm I'm having this hard time feeling I'm like quite vulnerably and like openly. I'll talk to you about it. Like I'm having this hard time feeling worthy of charging for it because it's something I've done naturally my whole
0: life. I will tell you right now, I would pay you so much money to be my coach just from this conversation.
1: Well, that's when women leave my chair, another thing that they text me or DM or whatever, it's its very rarely, oh my God, I love my hair. It's the best it's ever been. I know I'm a d- damn good hairstylist. I know I am, right? But people come back because of the way they feel when they leave my chair.
0: 100%.
1: Feel after the thought-provoking conversations, after the true vulnerability and honesty. And I'm a way different hairstylist right now than I was before the pandemic.
0: Oh, I believe it.
1: Way different hairstylists, but I started investing in myself. I started taking time away and going on retreats. I started doing these things and really investing in myself as a human, which then will make me a better mom, hairstylist,
0: wife, person, friend, coach, mm-hmm. all, all the things. All the things. So what would you say before we end this, what would you say would be like your typical happy day?
1: Oh, I had like the best mother's day ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So no work. Work day or Are we talking just in about- general? Just just like if you could think of like the perfect flowed day. Okay, what would it look like?
1: There's hot yoga for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, it would have to be like in June, July, or August here in <laughs> because it's freezing. Yeah, I don't f with the snowman. I don't, and yet I live here, and I'm like, why did our people settle here? Why am I still here? Like, I'm breaking chains of chains of like generational trauma. Why am I not breaking chains of like? geographical like why are you living <laughs> anyway. I don't know that. Um I my perfect day would be would outside with my kids, outside with my husband. Um no like with m- tons of music but like no cell phones, no screens, just truly just being. Just some hot yoga, bike riding, everyone's just having a good time, conversation, it's barbecue, let's just Let's go to the beach. Oh, I love the water. I just love the water.
0: So do you feel like, so say a salon owner is listening to this and they feel guilty turning their phone off and having a family day, because what if, what if, you know, the salon explodes? I don't know. I don't know what people worry about, (laughs) but like, what would you say to that person?
1: Um, My, a line that I say all the time that I have to remind myself of all the time is saying no to things saying no like truly saying no to things means that you can say yes to so many more things and like really say yes not this balancing like you were talking about this half-assed like I'm doing a little bit of this and a little bit of this because then if you have your phone on all night at night and you're with your kids you're not fully present to either one of them. You're being a really bad salon owner and you're being a really bad, not a bad mom, but you know, like you're not doing either one of them well. So, and then you will feel bad about that because you're spread thin still. So you need to say no to things to say hell yes to a lot of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to trust that you've put the right things in place in your business and it'll be okay. Yeah, like what's the worst that could happen? I mean, things can happen, but,
1: (laughs) and you don't like it. Let's say you do like the next morning you log back on to whatever you see messages, emails. I try very hardly, like very hard to not apologize and to say, thank you so much for your patience. My business, I have designated hours. My business hours are this to this. Um, and, uh, like, yeah, let's, let's get this rolling. Let's, you know, yeah. And nobody's like, well, why weren't you available? If someone needs instant gratification, if someone needs something right then, right that there, and you are a mother and you have all these roles and all these hats, they're probably not the client for you. They're probably not the person for you. And again, you will be so re- you're replaceable as a hairstylist, as a salon owner. You're not replaceable as a mom. Mm,
0: I love that. It's so true. Yeah, I love you though. So that's cool. Uh, I have one more question. Yeah. So I try to remember, I forget all the time. I try, (laughs) I try to remember to ask every guest this at the very end. Yeah. What is the number one failure that you are the most thankful for? Oh. And I use failure loosely because I don't believe in failure. I believe in lessons. Yes. But that's kind of the question. (laughs) Um, like what would society consider a failure that you are thankful for?
1: I'm going to get really vulnerable and really raw.
0: Okay. Go for it.
1: I had two children out of wedlock, right? Society would say I got pregnant with twins when I was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that like people look down on people, you know, they, it wasn't accepted, right? I wasn't married. I was 21 and I was going out to the bars all the time. And I had a boyfriend, you know, it's my husband now, but I got pregnant with twins at 21. I turned 22 and I had them two days later. Wow. And they have, uh, come, I would not be this evolved woman that's healing and they challenge me every single day. And it's the ripple effect. They make me a better person. And so then I challenge other people to be better people as well. So I think that being so fucking poor during all of my twenties and working, you know, so many jobs and going to college school and doing all of these things while I had newborns, I think that, 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 you know, moment in my life has made me as whole and successful and authentic as I am now.
0: Why are you going to make me cry? Because <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I that's, know. that's, I've never had to think about that. Cause I would say, oh, the pandemic. It made me, you know, that was. But but that, I, I feel like I the pandemic no technically
0: doesn't count. Yeah. Because you had no control. No, but, but I
1: had to look at myself and, and still being their mother challenges every single part of me in the best way right right so these yeah. damn children <laughs> these damn girls that are gonna change the whole world you know yeah yeah're not but especially
0: they're with a change. mom
1: like you or they'll feel just so confident to do whatever the heck they want maybe they won't change the world maybe they'll like start a blog about living in a hammock I don't know like
0: what <laughs> they'll
1: feel I'd subscribe.
0: To- <laughs> what i said i'd subscribe I mean, like me too we i'm have to all about it. the hammock life yeah <laughs> <laughs> ellie Would thank you so 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 much thank you where can people find you um on instagram at ellie.d.wong mm-hmm. and
1: then yeah shoot me a dm give me a follow it's half hair half salon owner stuff and uh the other half is like my bouquet of ladies yeah. and uh my wildlife of home
0: construction and yoga and feeding kids food. They don't want (laughs) a story of my life. Yeah. Ellie, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you, Misty. Appreciate you. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane or tag the podcast at Backroom Beauty Talks and I will talk with you on the next one.